Hey, no, bring it in here tight, man. I cannot say enough about the team's toughness overall. How about the freaking defense? Hey, the epitome of team ball. Offensively, we turned it over two times to start out the game. You guys didn't flinch, and no points coming off of that big time right there, man. Great job defensively. And then offensively, all right, it was one of those games. You didn't know which way it would go, all right, but we ended up being in a personnel grouping where Johnny Munt, Tyler Higby are banged up. Our offensive line, be able to close it out with a four-minute yeah. drill, man. Give it up for those guys. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Victory Monday, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. We are back on the winning track, and it happened on Sunday night at the Coliseum under their lights, and I'm recording live on Monday. It is about 8.45 in the morning. My voice is still struggling a little bit, but a little bit better than it was last night when I got home uh, a little after 11, 11.30 p.m., somewhere around there, and I realized it just wasn't going to happen last night. So I appreciate you guys tuning in today, Monday, live here on Monday as we talk about Victory Monday, and we reflect back on that game Sunday night at the Coliseum versus the Bears 10-point win for the Rams, but it felt a lot closer at times. We will talk about this game. The good, the bad, the ugly. Baby steps moving forward for Jared Goff. Huge steps moving forward for the offensive line. And our defense continues to put it down. We're going to talk about all that on today's show. Guys, don't forget to go give me a follow. LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter and Lockdown Rams Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Gotta go give me a follow. I tweeted last night, let you guys know the show will be late. So if you're not following, you might not know what is going on. Uh, Stay tuned this week. Also, we've got some giveaways coming up for the Salute to Service. We're working with Pro Image Sports again. Uh, So tune in later, I think the Friday edition, when we're going to release what we're doing. But I'll kind of tease it throughout the week and remind you guys. So with that, let's jump right into it. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and this is your lead story. The Rams return home to the Coliseum after a month away. That includes a trip over to London. We played a game in Atlanta and finally back at the Coliseum to host the four and five Bears. And it started out pretty ugly. 0-0 in the first quarter. The Rams were able to get 10 points in the second quarter and close this thing out with a four-minute drive in the fourth quarter with a touchdown. 
The real story of the game was the Rams' grittiness to change up the game plan. And we've been talking about Sean McVay and how he needed to address the running game and to switch things up a little bit. The Rams relied more on 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends, without wide receivers, Brandon Cooks, and Robert Woods, who is a late scratch before the game for personal reasons. The Rams relied a lot more on 12 personnel. Gurley gained 92 of his 97 rushing yards out of the 12 personnel and three carries, five yards from 11 personnel. That's from Next Gen Stats. We were begging Sean McVay to run the ball, and he did that on Sunday night. 34 rushes compared to 18 passes. Again, that's 34 rushing attempts on a total of 52 offensive snaps. Goff finished 11 of 18, 173 yards, and an interception. The interception was an ugly one. Next Gen Stats also said that interception of Jared Goff that was intended for Josh Reynolds had a 32.3 interception probability, the highest of any eligible receiver at the time of the throw, and higher than the likelihood of the pass being completed at 31-7. Yes, we did see Jared Goff uh, managed this football game. He did have a couple beautiful throws. There was the throw to Josh Reynolds that was a deep bomb touchdown that was brought back actually on a Cooper Cup penalty. Come on, Coop. A five-yard illegal formation that wiped off the monster throw. Cooper Cup also uh, had two fumbles in this game. They were both recovered back by the Rams. Uh, but then again, Cooper also had a great deep ball, another Jared Goff deep ball. Uh, originally called a touchdown. They changed it after review. Todd Gurley punched it in. Speaking of Todd Gurley, those 25 carries netted him 97 yards. That's a 3.9 yard per carry. One touchdown, the long of 13. Malcolm Brown pitched in with five carries, 15 yards, and punched in that game-sealing touchdown, capping off that long drive in the fourth quarter. The wide receiver group was thin. As we said, Brandon Cooks didn't go. Robert Woods was that late scratch. Josh Reynolds and Cooper Cup and Todd Gurley all led the way with three catches. Josh Reynolds saw six targets on those three catches. Mike Thomas got some playing time in this game. That's when you know that things are a little rough on the wide receiving core. We haven't seen much of Mike Thomas at all. He had one catch, nine yards on three targets. But the other big story of this game has got to be the offensive line. Those guys played amazing. We were talking about how they were going to match up with this Bears front and how these young guys were going to just be able to step in right away and go against the likes of Khalil Mack and that Bears front. And let's just say those young guys passed with flying colors. The Rams recorded a pass block win rate of 79% last night. Their best of the season. And they were averaging coming into the day. And they were averaging coming into the night 54%. So that was definitely a arrow trending up. The Bears recorded a pass block win rate of 38% last night. Their worst of the season. They were averaging 62% coming into the night. We talked about who was going to win that offensive line versus defensive line matchup. And it was the Rams on Sunday night. And it was needed. They needed a win. They go to six and four, and they are still on the outside looking in. ESPN is giving them a 19% chance to make the playoffs right now, but the Minnesota Vikings almost lost a game that would have put us one game away as far as in the loss record. We're going to need help from other people along the way, but the thing that we always have to get sorted out is our own team, and the Rams came out. It wasn't pretty. We'll say that. We're going to talk about this more as we kind of go on. We're going to talk about the defense and how they continue to play so amazing 
as well as this offensive line. Is this a unit that we can run with? Did Rob Havenstein's injury maybe open the door for the likes of Bobby Evans to maybe take a starting role from him? Don't forget Austin Blythe was originally drafted by the Indianapolis Colts as a center. So that is one of his natural positions. Maybe that is the best fit for him moving forward. We'll talk about all that and more breaking it down here on the Victory Monday edition Lockdown Rams. More right after this. All right, guys, before we get over to the next segment, you guys know we got to talk about one of our favorite sponsors here on the show, and that is Blue Chew. Blue Chew is helping all of you males out there boost your performance in the bedroom. It's not just for the guys that can't perform. It's for the guys looking for that extra boost. Are you on the one-yard line and need to punch it in for a score? BlueChew.com is there for you. And speaking of it, we've got to talk about the Blue Chew player of the game this week, and that has got to be the whole offensive line. We talked about their pass-blocking win rate of 79%. You think that's just a motivational speech before the game? No, that's Blue Chew, ladies and gentlemen. That offensive line said, hey, we need to stiffen up and protect Jared Goff. And that is what they did. They popped a couple Blue Chew. They ran out there and they got the job done. Blue Chew performers of the week has got to be that offensive line. And the best thing about Blue Chew is you can take it anytime, day or night, full stomach, empty stomach, full of Gatorade, halftime, before the game is preferred. Thank you, O-Line. But it's awesome because it's made here in the U.S. It ships direct, so you don't have to go to the pharmacy and get a doctor's appointment and all that awkwardness when that goes down. Blue Chew is there for you guys. And the best thing about it as well, they are partnering here with us at Lockdown, so you get to try it for free. Go to Blue Chew, like the color blue, bluechew.com, enter the promo code LOCKDOWN to try it for free. Blue Chew is cheaper faster and stronger and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast before we get over the next segment want to talk to you guys about one of our awesome partners here metro infinity you can find them just off the 210 in monrovia you got to go check it out they are the only dealer in california that's family owned and has been in business for over 25 years they're the number one volume dealer in california from start to finish this is a different car buying experience than you've ever had in your life if you don't want to go down to the dealership If you don't want to deal with the back and forth and all that mess, they will come to you. They'll bring the car and the paperwork to your office, to your home, to the local grocery store. It doesn't matter where you want to meet. They will help you out. They will make this an experience that you want that is good for you at the end of the day. But if you do want to go down, you want to see the cars, you want to test drive them. They've got a new multi-million dollar facility that you got to check out. Amazing selection of new and used cars. So if you're thinking about a new Infinity or even in the market for a new or used car, give them a chance to earn your business. Believe me, you won't regret it. They have over 50 pre-owned Infinities. You can reach them at 626-599-7510 or MetroInfinity.com. Tell them Bears sent you from Lockdown Rams. You get a $500 discount right away. Metro Infinity, 821 East Central Avenue, Monrovia, California, just off the 210 in Monrovia. One stop in there to say hello to my friend Billy Adams, and you will never shop for a car anywhere else, I promise. Metro Infinity, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams. It is Monday here on Lockdown Rams, and it actually is Monday. Typically, I record these on Sunday nights. Sunday was a crazy day for me. I thought, chilling at home, 
having a few beers, watching the Rams game in the peace of my own home. I started that day uh, with my girlfriend's family. We've been talking about this basketball battle that we were going to be doing for the past month. And so that we got up at like nine in the morning, went and played some two-on-two hoops. We expected it to be a nice day in Los Angeles. It was supposed to be about 75 degrees when we checked it a couple days ago. No, it was 90 degrees. I'm out of shape. We played basketball for like two and a half hours. My legs are killing me, by the way, right now. I'm dead tired. And my old boss texts me and says, hey, dude, I got some extra tickets to the game. My my son-in-law isn't going anymore. Uh, it's on the bear side, but they're pretty decent seats. Are you interested? And he was kind of sounded like he wanted me to buy them. And I'm like, you know, I can go on Game Time or StubHub or Vivid Seats or whatever and go pick up some tickets for pretty cheap right now. And then he hit me with, well, no, these are free. Do you want free tickets? And I was like, well, yeah. So there I am, my body falling apart. Come home, grab some clothes, get a shower really quick, head out to the Coliseum. I'm like limping, trying to keep up with my girlfriend who's got all this energy. And I'm like, this felt like this old man. Get to the game. Tickets are row two in the Bears section. I will say as we talk about the Coliseum and the atmosphere, these big time teams like the Bears and the Packers and the Niners and all these teams that travel really well, when they come to the Coliseum, they are definitely well represented. And when you're on the visiting side, right behind the Bears bench, you are definitely the odd man out. But hey, I was there loud and proud, both of us in repping that royal blue, uh, standing up basically majority of the game, which is awesome. I was glad that uh, that section I was in, they were almost willing to stand the whole game. And if I was sitting, man, I was I was getting tight. I was starting to cramp up, so I'd rather stand. But, man, what a great game. Amazing seats. Big shout-out to Pete Cromier, my old boss, for hooking it up, the tickets. But how about this defense? These guys stepped it up big and really early in this game set the tone. First play of the game for the Rams, Todd Gurley, and we're like, yes, give him the rock. We want to see Todd Gurley run. Bloop, fumble. Ball hits the ground. Bears pick it up. They're in great field position. Rams defense holds tight. Forces them to a field goal. Miss field goal. Shocker. Believe me, I was having a great time in the Bears section roasting their kicker, especially as he would come up and warm up on the side kicking into the net and and just talking some trash. It was a bunch of fun. But the defense holds tight right away. few possessions later, or the next possession, I have to go back and watch this game and figure out exactly what happened. It's a little different when you're at the stadium watching it, trying to recap everything. But Jared Goff, after moving the football a little bit, throws a really bad interception. Talked about it in the first half. Really, he literally picked the worst person to throw it to and tried to squeeze it into a hole. Intercepted. Bears come back down. Rams hold again. They decide to go for it on fourth because they don't trust their kicker. Later in the game, the Bears keep coming down. They end up trying to go back to their kicker. Another missed field goal. Yes, the Rams defense gave up some yards. Uh, Mitch Trubisky went 24 of 43 for 190 yards. Uh, They held the Bears rushing to under 75 yards rushing. That was not happening. Every time they tried to go to the run, it wasn't happening. They had one breakout run. It was Tariq Cohen uh, went for 12 yards. Everything else uh, was held under five yards. And that's kind of been the story of this defense since this kind of transition with Jalen Ramsey is they're going to give up some yards. They're going to give up some plays, but they definitely tighten it up. Troy Hill played amazing. All you Troy Hill haters out there, you better chew on this one because Troy Hill had a heck of a ball game. He had six solo tackles. He had one sack, three pass deflects, 
one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit, and an interception. Troy Hill was all over the field. And he almost had another interception. One was pretty close. But if that's the type of play we're going to get from our cornerback number two on the other side of Jalen Ramsey, this defense can be elite. Taylor Rapp pitched in. Looking across the rest of the defense, Taylor Rapp pitched in with eight total tackles. Eric Weddle had six. Michael Brockers had five. Aaron Donald pitched in in his own way with two sacks. Really should have had three, but I think they called a penalty on one, which uh, negated him getting there. But it's crazy how much a year can change things. This was almost a year to the date of the Rams versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm getting some Snapchat kind of reminders from last year when I was down in Mexico waiting for that game to happen. Never happened there. But the shootout in Los Angeles uh, where we scored over 50 points. It's a different team this year, and it's not going to happen. A year later, here we are scoring 17 points. But it doesn't really matter when you got the defense on the other side that is playing lights out, holding the opponent to only seven points. And really, (laughs) that seven points came on a crazy uh, pitch and catch in the corner of the end zone by Tyreek Cohen. He was very well guarded by... He was very well guarded by Corey Littleton. Corey just kind of looked left when he probably should have looked right. But it was a heck of a catch by Tyree Cohen, able to get his feet in bounds. But hats off to this defense, man. They played amazing. It was much needed. And that O-line. Can't forget about them, what they did in this game. Jared Goff played better. Baby steps moving forward. There were still some ugly throws. There were still some good throws. He had a limited amount, right? He's got limited amount of receivers. He's got limited amount of O-line. But this is a Bears team that came in with 25 sacks coming into this game. That was 12th most in the NFL. No sacks allowed. Only one quarterback pressure. Yes, you would think with those type of numbers and our best performance from our line, we probably would see better numbers from Jared Goff. But the Bears were dropping a lot of guys. And if you look at some of the pass rush from the Bears, some of it, due to some play action as well, was kind of lackluster to say the least. Jared Goff for sure missed some throws, but we saw the deep ball finally. The one to Josh Reynolds that was taken back, that one hurt. The one to Cooper Cup was a beautiful ball. It was actually in our direction. We were about at the 20-yard line. Uh, I think he caught it around the 15, but that ball in the air was amazing and gorgeous, and you were just hoping Cooper could get to it because you knew the defender wasn't. He's got to play better, but baby steps moving forward. If we're looking at trying to build this thing week over week and just trying to stack wins 6-4, and four, That is their record right now. You can only judge where they are at this point. Jared Goff still needs to improve, but hey, 34 rushes. Todd Gurley said after the game that Sean McVay came up to him and said, hey man, you're going to carry the rock a lot tonight. And he said, all right, I got to get ready to do this. But he was all about it. Said he felt like the old Todd, which kind of made me sad, kind of made me happy to think that it took him this long in the season to feel like the old Todd. And I don't think that goes into the health of it because if you're watching him run and you're watching him finish those runs, uh, he is running violent and he is running confident as far as confident in his knees and not you know feeling limping or being injured in any sort. But he felt like his old Todd because he got 25 carries. This is his first 25 carry game of the season. Almost got to that 100-yard mark. 3.9, as I mentioned earlier, yards per carry. Great average, and hopefully this is something Sean McVay, again, after the game, when asked, is this something you think you may lean a little bit more on in the next few games? And he said, yeah, I think so. Uh, Let's hope so, uh, because we've heard a lot of that type of stuff in the the press conference, but we finally saw it on the field. And man, if our defense can play like that and we can pound the rock like this, 
I am all for it. Coming up in the next segment, I think I got a couple comments from the listeners here that I'll get to. Then we'll do play action balls and game balls. We'll get out of here. Monday edition. I got to get this up for you guys to listen. Lockdown Rams Victory Monday. Right after this. 20% skill. 15% concentrated power of will. 5% pleasure. 50% All right, we are back with a Victory Monday, and uh, it just feels so good saying those words. Victory Monday, talking about Rams victories is my favorite thing to do on a Monday or Tuesday. Next week on a Tuesday will be just fine for me talking about a Victory Monday as our next opponent is on Monday Night Football, Lamar Jackson. And the 8-2 and two Ravens come to town, and they are looking pretty, pretty good. But we're here talking about the Rams. We're talking about this victory over the Bears. And I posted last night on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and I said, basically, it ain't happening tonight. I barely have a voice. I'm feeling better. Finally warm up my voice a little bit now. Got home super late, but I asked thoughts, comments, concerns for the podcast tomorrow. Got a few responses from you guys, so I appreciate you. Most of them are about the O-line. Want to talk about the O-line. Corey Finch says... It's hard to imagine Havasin losing his job after one or two weeks, but man, did our O-line play its best game all year. What do you think the starting five will look like at the end of the year, barring injury? Man, that is a great question. If I could take this group, this starting five, and move them through the rest of the year, that would be awesome. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. Why? Look back to the last five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever you want to do. We have been changing guys left and right. And that's basically due to injury, right? And you said barring injury, if will this stand? And and if, if so, if you play like this, yeah, it should stand. Bobby Evans at right tackle kept Khalil Mack at bay. Austin Blythe played a lot better as a center than he was at right guard. Austin Corbett filled in really well. Andrew Whitworth, again, a a solid game. He did have another holding penalty. That's his seventh of the year, by the way. Uh, Before coming into this season with the Rams, he had two seasons prior to this. He only had seven holding penalties in the previous two years. So, uh, yes, still a little disappointed with the penalties that he's putting up. Uh, But he did play better in that line as a whole. Played so much better. So, yeah, if this is the starting five, And we can get consistency from those guys. Because again, if you look at some of the rush coming from the Bears, it was kind of lackluster. And we'll see if this can translate and these guys can start to gel. And I think that's really it. When you move guys left and right and you're plugging people in with a week of preparation. And now here we are with another week of preparation to get stronger, building a game plan, going with that 12 personnel, the two tight ends, bringing in the big boys to push the way and let Todd Gurley run and making the passing game secondary to the running game, then yeah, I think you got something here on this O-line. Mr. Bundai Williams, Mr. Williams from Down Under. Bear, let's talk about those two rookie O-line dudes. Are they the answer? Yes, hopefully. And really at this point, we don't have another option, so they better be, right? Uh, But so impressed with the way that they have played David Edwards really, I mean, has been playing this way the last couple weeks, and he's been playing all over the line. So really impressed with what he's been able to do with the versatility. But Bobby Evans, really kind of the odd man out as far as these rookie O-linemen, and really just everyone seemed to be getting a shot. He finally got his shot on Sunday night, and man, did he make it worth it. Obviously, we heard the open of the show. That was Sean McVay breaking it down, and he gave Bobby Evans... 
the breakdown and told him to come in. And the smile on his face, man, with Andrew Whitworth kind of having his arm around him. I mean, he was so happy and proud, and the team really let him feel it, right? Gave him the props for having an amazing game. That was the story that they knew coming into this was very important. He broke down the team, and then afterwards they gave a game ball to Sean McVay for all he has done as far as the work and preparation. And we'll get into those game balls right now. First one and one more, uh, we got Rob Rubin also said O-line was definitely step up what we had to have. Whitworth getting holding calls every game, though. I totally agree, Rob, but just mentioned he's got seven this year. The previous two only had seven total. So he's got to figure out a way to stop holding. But if you want to talk game balls, you want to talk some play-action balls, I got them for you here. Game ball. Gotta be the O-line, right? Blue Chew Players of the Week. Game ball from Bear. These guys stepped it up. These guys stepped it up. And I'll go back to the biggest stat of the night, and that was the pass block win rate of 79%. That is the best of the season. Jared Goff only had one pressure, no sacks. That is what we like to call a clean pocket. Jared Goff didn't do the best from it. He had he moved the football a little bit, but if we can continue to get that type of protection, I like Jared to get more and more comfortable and find a way with working with McVay and hopefully getting some receivers back to find a way to kind of move that football down the field. But game ball, O-line, hell of a job. Game ball number two, Todd Stinkin' Gurley. I think this is the first game ball all year long for Todd Gurley. 25 carries, 97 yards, 3.9 average, and a tutty to top it off. This was a Todd Gurley show, which I am totally here for. 34 total carries. The Rams rushed for 110 yards, but keep feeding Gurley the rock. Also got him involved in the passing game. About damn time. Three catches, 36 yards on three targets. Throw the man the ball. He's going to catch it. He's going to get upfield. Get the screens involved. Let's get that going. Let's make him another weapon outside of the running game. Todd Gurley, man. Game ball. Love it. And then game ball goes to the defense. I'll break it down a little bit further. I'm going to give this one a game ball. Yes, a game ball to Mr. Troy Hill. He was amazing. I talked to you about the stats. The six total tackles. The the three pass deflects, the one tackle for loss, the one sack, the one interception. When you got Jalen Ramsey on the other side, you're going to get a lot of attention your way. And Troy Hill played amazing. He was physical. He was coming up hitting. He was hyping that defense up. Jalen Ramsey, even after the game, gave him props and said, hey, Troy Hill played an amazing game. And of course, a very standard game ball on the defense. got to be Aaron Donald stacked up two more sacks. He is a disruptor in every way in the run game. You always see people getting body slammed. If you can't see the number, you don't need to. It's Aaron Donald throwing people on the ground. It is so awesome, especially when I'm sitting in the visitor section and just hearing the ooh and the oh as people are watching Aaron Donald just kill people coming through the line. So game balls, Troy Hill, Aaron Donald, defense as a whole. Play action balls. Never easy. Got to do them. I really think I only have one here. Yeah, just one. And this may surprise you. Uh, we talked about him coming into the game with Serena Morales. The question coming into the game was, punts landing inside the 20 for Johnny Hecker or touchdown passes thrown by Jared Goff? 
Well, if it wasn't for a couple penalties, Jared Goff would have won this. And maybe if Cooper Cup extends his arm and doesn't get pushed out or steps out at the one, Jared Goff wins this easily. Johnny Ecker ends up winning with one punt inside the 20. A monstrous punt of 67 yards. He averaged 54 yards per punt. You're asking me, Bear, why is he then a play-action ball? Well, he had three touchbacks. And there's a point in the game, especially in a close game like this, where we're punting from our own 40 or close to midfield. And the whole purpose of punting at that situation, I think one of them was even fourth and one. And maybe you say, hey, roll the dice. The Bears went for it with a fourth and six or whatever it was earlier in the game. Fourth and one. Todd Gurley's running the ball okay, even though they just got stuffed on that third and one attempt where he ran the ball. But you need Johnny Hecker to come in the game and execute as an elite punter and pin them inside the 20. He had three punts that went for touchbacks, and two of them were in positions where we needed to really win a field position battle, and he put that ball back out on the 20-yard line instead of being able to pin it inside of the 10 or inside of the 20. And like I said, two out of the three of them weren't close. They landed in the end zone. We talk about three phases of football. We need everyone to execute. Johnny Hecker typically gets the pass, but not today, my friend. I need to give a game ball away. Johnny Hecker, you're getting it. We got to get those inside the 20, not as a touchback. And then the last game ball, this can be shared across the board. Those penalties, man. Every time we seem to have a really big play, it was coming back from a penalty. There was even one on the special teams. They were punting the ball, and we lined up offsides, gave them the ball back. We had to run our defense, who had just gotten a punt. They had to come back out and play defense again. Cooper Cup had the legal formation on the Josh Reynolds touchdown. So instead of a touchdown, now we're looking at first and 15. We are playing behind the chains too often. There was another play, Andrew Whitworth. We had a big 20-something yard pass to Cooper Cup. It was really the first time Jared Goff had gotten the ball down the field. Bring it back. Holding. Now we're first and 20 from our own 10. We end up punting on that drive. Killing ourselves with mental mistakes. We're going to have penalties in the game. I get that. But we cannot have them at crucial points. We cannot have them more consistently than not. So that one is shared across the board. But hey, let's be real. This was awesome. Back in the win column, it wasn't pretty, but we were shorthanded and we made it happen. We switched up the game plan. That's all we were asking for from Sean McVay. Show us something different. And he did. So before you know it, I'll be back on a Tuesday edition. I'll record that later today. A little double dip on Monday. If all goes well, this should be hitting the airwaves by about 10, 10 30. I appreciate you guys for listening. Your team every day, only on Lockdown Podcast Network. But with that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Sick and he's spitting fire and Mike got him out the dryer. He's hot, found him in Fort Minor with top, but a fucking nihilist porcupine. He's a prick, he's a cock, the type women wanna be with. And rappers hope he gets shot. Eight years in the making, patiently waiting to blow. Now the record, wish you notice, taking over the globe. He's got a